Hey, Critical Thinkers, welcome to this new episode of Healthy and Awake podcast, where today we are talking about COVID origins. Where did this virus come from? They're still talking about it today. They're trying to bring back masks and there's new articles coming out about the latest variant. So even though, honestly, I'm sick of hearing about COVID, this is not exactly what I want to be talking about, but it is relevant. There does seem to be a push uh, for more fear-mongering to be afraid of the new COVID variant. So let me start by saying, obviously, I don't know where this virus came from. I wasn't there. I don't have secret intelligence. All I'm doing here is asking questions based on the evidence that we have. Reasonable questions, and and I'd love for you to ask questions too. Enter in the uh, the comments because I can read those uh, during this live broadcast. But yeah, like I said, uh, there is a new COVID variant that they're pushing. I'm going to pull up an article now showing that. This is from Yahoo News. A new COVID variant is dominant in the U.S. Know these symptoms. A highly contagious, fast-spreading new COVID variant is uh, called JN1 is on the rise in the United States in the recent weeks. JN1, a heavily mutated subvariant of Omicron, rapidly overtook other variants to become the dominant strain nationwide. And okay, yeah, I know people who have gotten sick. There seems to be some kind of flu going around. Anyone that I talk to who was sick, they get over it in a few days. They're fine. This isn't some kind of winter of severe illness and death that they warned about uh, multiple times. The, the current White House administration did that. But we do know that, you know, at least some of this is propaganda. I'm not saying there is no virus and that they're lying, but, you know, sometimes the propaganda machine uses these sorts of things to, you know, push buttons and pull strings. And especially when you look at some of the propaganda out there that is a little more egregious, like on late night comedy shows, sometimes they slip in propaganda there. Now, there is one popular one from Jimmy Fallon. I, I have here up, if you're watching, you can see on NBC.com, there's a video that they pulled. This is from last year, almost exactly a year ago, where Jimmy Fallon was singing uh, a really cringy song about the newest variant as a means to, I guess, spread public awareness. But let me see if I can pull up the actual song, because it is pretty cringe-inducing. Jimmy Fallon variant song. Let's see if this comes up. Yeah, here we go. They start Yeah, put on your mask. The new COVID variant. Now, remember, this is from last year. Maybe we'll see new weird songs with the JN1 variant. Maybe Jimmy Jimmy Fallon will be out there singing a new one. But one thing that is still not happening is, is talking about how this came about. 
why is COVID here? Why is COVID still here? Why is the media not asking these sorts of questions? They just, whatever Fauci said, they they run with it. Remember, because the the lab leak was brought up and, and very quickly dismissed. Uh, Fauci said that that was nonsense. And more recently in testimony, he's had to do some flip-flopping and admit that very likely it's a, a lab leak. And in fact, the former DNI, the former director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, had a testimony. I'm pulling it up now. This is the transcript from his testimony. This is from the official uh, oversight.house.gov website with his testimony from April 18th, 2023. Let me state the bottom line up front here in the middle of the first page. My informed assessment as a person with as much or more access than anyone to our government's intelligence during the initial year of the virus outbreak and pandemic onset has been and continues to be that a lab leak is the only explanation credibly supported by our intelligence, by science, and by common sense. Okay, so I guess things have changed, right? This thing that... If you were to say a few years ago that this came from a lab leak, they would call you a crazy conspiracy theorist and laugh at you and dismiss you. And some time has gone by. We're now even in a uh, public testimony openly. The former DNI admitted that it's highly likely a lab leak. So I guess a big part of that is just that it bothers me that asking questions still to this day is ridiculed or dismissed when clearly these people have a history of not being so honest. And this does continue to this very day. I'm pulling up another article on, this is from Daily Mail. This is from yesterday, January 9th, 2024, with the headline being Fauci flip-flops during Congress grilling. Ex-White House doctor ducks more than 100 questions about COVID and admits he approved risky Wuhan coronavirus research proposal without reading it. And some of the bullet points here, House GOP said Fauci's pandemic policies full of drastic and systemic failures. He backtracked on past claims. His agency never funded gain of function abroad. And he's grilled by Congress during two marathon seven-hour sessions. So that is pretty suspicious. He evaded more than 100 questions about COVID. This is the guy we're supposed to trust. He's supposed to be accountable and, and open and communicative with the people. And he's dodging questions specifically about the lab leak theory and his ties to Wuhan during a landmark congressional hearing on Monday. So there's more to this article here. I'm just scrolling through to see if anything else stands out. Um, yeah, there's going to be more of this. And clearly people are skeptical at this point of what Fauci says. Let's see. Here's something else here in this article. Members of the subcommittee compiled more than 200 pages of questions and approximately 100 exhibits, including evidence such as private emails between Fauci and other scientists that showed efforts to cover up dissenting opinions about the, co the coronavirus's origins. In early 2020, Dr. Fauci privately commissioned a scientific paper that denounced the lab leak theory as a conspiracy theory and attacked those who subscribe to it as racists. 
Dr. Fauci then touted that paper to the public as evidence of a consensus among scientists that the virus emerged naturally without disclosing his connections to it. So he manufactured this paper to try to justify his, uh, justify his viewpoint, called people racists if they didn't believe it. And remember, he said, I am the science. You shouldn't question me. And all while he is parading this paper around completely fails to mention that he's the one that manufactured this. He commissioned this paper. Huh. Critics say his reasoning for doing so was to protect the controversial research being conducted in China. The former White House doctor oversaw the approval of $3 million in NIH grants to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where researchers tinkered with coronaviruses to make them more infectious to humans months before the pandemic. And it shows here, these are emails from Anthony Fauci. The suspicion was heightened by the fact that scientists in Wuhan University are known to have been working on gain-of-function experiments to determine the molecular mechanisms associated with bat viruses adapting to human infection and the outbreak originated in Wuhan. So this is an email that Fauci sent in February 2020 to try to take control of the narrative. So there's a lot here. This is, um, again, an article from the Daily Mail, and I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, trust and respect is something that should be earned. And Fauci has done a pretty bad job of earning that. And in fact, he's hiding. When I bring up Fauci's name, I, I, I talk to a lot of doctors, nurses, pharmaceutical people, and the people who trusted Fauci in the beginning, when you bring up his name, you can see the, they get a little nervous. They try to change the subject really quick because, I mean, not to sound mean, but they fell for his lies. They really trusted this guy. The people that trusted Fauci really trusted Fauci. Now, this episode isn't all about Fauci, uh, but it is worth talking about because obviously he, he played a major role in what we know about COVID. So I have here another clip. This is from Eric Schmidt gives bombshell testimony alleging Biden admin administration Fauci censorship efforts. So let me find the right spot in the clip. This is a seven minute clip, but I'm just going to show a piece of it. Uh, this, give me one second. All right. So now, if you are watching, you should see on the screen, this is March 30th, 2023. This is a clip from Forbes Breaking News. House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government holds a hearing. Messaging and FAQs. Missouri and Louisiana also deposed Dr. Anthony Fauci. This deposition showed that when Dr. Fauci spoke, big tech censored. For example, Dr. Fauci was aware early in the pandemic that his agency had funded, funded dangerous gain-of-function research on the coronavirus at the Wuhan lab of Wuhan Institute of Virology, but he sought to discredit and suppress the theory that COVID-19 leaked from a lab to deflect blame and avoid potential responsibility for the pandemic. In his deposition, Dr. Fauci claimed. 174 times that he could not recall. 
including about critical details related to gain-of-function research and other issues associated with the lab leak theory and the government's response to the pandemic. Because of Dr. Fauci's influence, social media platforms censored the lab leak theory and other COVID-19 viewpoints that Dr. Fauci and his cabal of experts disfavored. So yeah, there is more to it, but obviously if you're censoring people, people's free speech, you're probably on the bad side. You're probably not one of the good guys because historically the ones doing the censoring are the bad guys. And clearly they were censoring things that are worth discussing, things that we now know have a higher likelihood of being true. But Fauci was very set on censoring these things in coordination with the White House, apparently. And that's not cool. And it does make you wonder, like, why are they going out of their way to censor? What else might they be censoring about? What else might they be trying to control in terms of narratives? Does make you think. Because if they did have the facts and they did have the truth on their side, censorship would not need to take place. Right. The, the truth doesn't need censorship. The truth can stand on its own. You need censorship when you're lying. Hmm. So things are a little twisted out there. But I have another article here from the Daily Mail again. I'm going to pull this up on the screen. This is Daily Mail, October 31st, 2023. Revealed. Anthony Fauci run lab in Montana, experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from Wuhan a year before the pandemic began. The bullet points here say that the NIH infected 12 bats with a SARS-like coronavirus in 2018. The virus was shipped from Wuhan to an NIH lab in Montana. This is exactly what Rand Paul was criticizing and, and questioning Fauci for. And do you remember how worked up Fauci got? You don't know what you are talking about. Clearly, he did know what he was talking about. Fauci was lying. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, all right, we're past this, right? Fauci lied. Fine. Let's move on. Well, no, let's not move on. This is very serious. If somebody has the ability to censor and manufacture fake stories and really control the narrative and leverage their authority position to get people to think things that might not be true and lie without any consequences. And this person is still out there. That seems worth talking about because it's not just him. It's a system that has allowed this to happen. Clearly, there are some intricacies to this. There's more moving pieces at play, things that we're still figuring out. And given the large impact that this virus caused on society still to this day, especially now that they're pushing it again, this is definitely something that should be talked about. So I have uh, an article here from childrenshealthdefense.org. This is a, a great organization that uh, RFK, I don't know if he started it, but I know he's uh, associated with it. And it looks here on the website, The Wuhan Cover-Up by RFK Jr. So I guess he's writing a book on exactly this. But this is an article from that website from the 5th of this month. 
So this is January 5th, 2024 by Michael Navradakis, PhD. The headline is Key Bioweapons Official Publicly Accuses Fauci of Denial and Deception on COVID Origins. In an interview with investigative journalist Paul D. Thacker, biodefense official Dr. Robert Cadlick alleged that key officials like Dr. Anthony Fauci and virologists who wrote the Proximal Origin paper knew COVID-19 likely original, originated in a lab, but used classic information operation tactics to protect their careers and funding. So we talk a lot about information warfare and fifth generation warfare on this show. And it looks like Dr. Fu Dr. Fauci is being accused of exactly that. And just like the rest of these articles, there is a lot here to go over. Wow, this one is a, a, a long article. But he has been publicly accused, Fauci has been publicly accused of basically information warfare, lying with information to manipulate the public. I really hope people understand that this is worth being mad about because one, one thing that I fear, for lack of a better word, is that people will hear this and just carry on and just say whatever and, and carry on with their lives and act like this isn't important. A doctor, a medical doctor who you're supposed to trust with your health, to be honest, got on TV and lied to millions of people. That's worth being angry about. So I think a lot of the people who are willing to dismiss it are really the people who were fooled the first time around. So I'll, I'll leave it there with, uh, oh wait, maybe I have some more with Fauci. Okay, actually, yes. So here's a quote from RFK. I don't have anything to pull up on the screen, but RFK said that America had the most COVID deaths in the world. It's hard to understand why Anthony Fauci is a hero. The U.S. has 44.2% uh, of the global population and almost 16% worldwide COVID deaths. So I wanted to look into this to see if this was true. And I pulled up the World Health Organization's website. And if you look at total cumulative deaths, that's what I just hit cumulative total deaths and you look number of COVID-19 deaths reported to the World Health Organization country United States is at the top with 1.2 million deaths compared to Brazil is next India after that so the U.S. has 4.2 percent of the global population and almost 16 percent of worldwide COVID deaths and Japan, with the oldest population in the world, had one-tenth the death rate of the United States. So keep that in mind. We're talking about the death rate. Not just number, because you might go, oh, well, there's more people here, and you have to factor that. Like, this is the death rate. So why is Fauci a hero if, if the United States had the worst death rate in the world? That's awfully suspicious. So these are just pieces of the puzzle. I'll let you connect the dots for yourself. But one person who is very outspoken on this is an attorney, Thomas Rents, who is hypervigilant in his mission to really expose some of these lies 
And I have here a, this is another testimony where he's saying these things publicly. I have two videos from attorney Thomas Rents, but you can see here, this is from a tweet. Somebody's tweeting out this video from Thomas Rents, uh, testimony. The Twitter account is vigilant Fox. I recommend following him or this person. It's uh, a news outlet citizen journalism because nowadays the mainstream media cannot be trusted but here are the bullet points here i don't know if i'll play the video attorney thomas rents accuses the cia and department of defense of being deeply involved with covid19 when someone got this covid shot they didn't get it from pfizer or moderna they got it from the dod the dod distributed this testified attorney tom rents evidence suggests that covid19 was developed in the mid 2010s with a Moderna patent from 2016 indicating a connection. A whistleblower provided military medical records showing a soldier receiving COVID-19 immunization by Moderna in 2014. Attorney Renz has developed a legal case against EcoHealth Alliance, alleging their involvement in creating SARS-CoV-2 with the CCP and Wuhan lab. He then asked, does anybody believe that we transferred that sort of bioweapon technology to a CCP lab without an okay from the DOD or CIA? I've got news for you. They knew exactly what was going on. So I am, those are bullet points from the clip and it's a, it's an eight minute clip. So I'm just going to pick somewhere random and, and play it out for a minute or two. Without an okay from the DOD or CIA, I got news for you. They knew exactly what was going on. We have a ton of evidence on this. I'm going to tell you further. I have right here in front of me from a report that we sent to a couple of people here in Congress before the 2022 election. It got about as much response as you guys are getting. Uh, that there was, a, there was a study, Dr. Malone could probably comment on this better than I can, but that study showed that there was a, a 12 nucleotide sequence uh, that they that they found in a Moderna patent, which was a, a perfect uh, reverse match to what we have in SARS-CoV-2. That that uh, that patent was filed in 2016. Thanks, David Martin, for a lot of his patent research. But the thing that I want to tell you about, according to our case and the data that, and evidence that we've submitted, we believe that this this disease was actually developed in the mid 20 teens ish. We don't have a hard date, but around there. Uh, we, we hope that with discovery, we'll get a more specific date. Now, I want to share something else. So this guy, you know, he's a, a legitimate attorney. And he's putting evidence out there. He's testifying publicly about these things. So I do think it is worth just reflecting on. Because we know that we're not always told the truth about these things. Here's one more clip from attorney Tom Rents saying DARPA unclassified documents confirm SARS-CoV-2. I think this is about two and a half minutes. He gets pretty worked up in this one, but here we go. Uh, let me make sure I'm sharing it. That would help. We the people are dying in massive numbers. 6.5 million. 6.5 million globally. That's criminal charges. Did Anthony Fauci lie about gain of function, uh, gain of function work? 
absolutely, in my opinion, he did. And how about criminal charges? We're gonna we're gonna go after Bannon for contempt because he didn't bother to show up to a farce hearing. But we're gonna let Fauci lie to Congress about something that is consequential enough to result in six million deaths. Can anyone explain this to me? We, the people of the United States, should be outraged. Instead of pitting a war against people who are Christians, people who believe in the United States, people who want our country to succeed, maybe we should look at the people who are responsible for the, one of the greatest pandemics in human history and who have resulted, that's resulted in millions of deaths worldwide. I pray that every country in the world, every country, send it to the U.S., ask us, when are we going to investigate the crooks? The U.S. government didn't do this, but there were people in the U.S. government who did. There are criminals involved who I believe were responsible for this, who were negligent in their work. They did it. The Chinese Communist Party was involved in this. Anthony Fauci appears to be involved in this. Peter Daszak appears to be involved in this. Let's hold them accountable. It's time for criminal charges, criminal investigations. Jail, here we go. Is this the same uh, Peter Daszak they sent to investigate? Yes, this is Peter Daszak who uh, was was out there. Uh, we sent him to China to decide whether or not this was a lab leak or natural origin. Peter Daszak, whose company built this in the lab with the Chinese Communist Party in Wuhan, China, was sent to China to investigate himself. Well, there you go. He's sent to investigate himself. Maybe he'll find himself guilty. <laughs> All right. So at this point, you might be thinking, well, okay, so you listed a few news articles and, and one lawyer expressing skepticism towards Fauci. That doesn't mean very much. Well, it's not just within the United States where these claims are being made. In fact, all around the world, there are fingers being pointed. Uh, so I'm going to pull up a clip here from Australian Senator Malcolm Roberts. So that is right here. Become clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated, not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr. Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are gonna hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are gonna hound you down and hold you accountable and we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future because I love my kids and I'm looking forward to my grandkids and we are going to save this country. So other people in parts of the in other parts of the world get it. And I want to say, you know, at the end of this episode, I'm going to have some pretty compelling clips from uh years before the pandemic was even thought about of people warning about the impending pandemic. And uh, if you're willing to listen, it'll really give you the chills, really. 
uh, I saw these clips as a kid and they were very disturbing and I lost a lot of sleep over them, especially because the pandemic that they were warning about actually happened. But we'll get to that later. So within the United States, there are people pointing fingers at Fauci and a few other people, a few other powers at play like the CCP. People in Australia are pointing fingers similarly. But that's not all. Uh, Russia is also pointing fingers. I, I know this is one that is probably easy to dismiss because uh, Russian propaganda, you don't want to believe the Russians. Well, you know, it would follow that if the Russians are pointing fingers at the U.S., that the U.S. would want anti-Russian propaganda so that they don't so that the Americans don't take seriously any allegations being made against them. So this is from Twitter account War Clandestine. He's an extremely popular account. You can see he has almost half a million followers and is a type of citizen journalist because these are the sorts of things that the mainstream media, the mainstream journalists won't report. So in this tweet here, he says, flashback to August, Russian military claims uh, claimed that the U.S. manufactured biological crises in 2019 and have started to prepare a new pandemic to enact global control. Russia claimed the U.S. created the COVID pandemic or, and are planning to do it again. So this, let me open up the full tweet. So this is that the the tweet that I just read links to the video that he's talking about, which was posted by him on September 5th of 2023. So remember, uh, on August 16th, 2023, this is what the military, the Russian military alleged. Okay, so it's in Russian. I don't know how many people here speak Russian. So I'm going to mute it and read the subtitles there for you, unless you're watching it on the screen. So he says, just like in 2019, the USA has started to prepare a new pandemic by looking for mutated viruses. We do not exclude the possibility of the USA using so-called defense technologies in an offensive capacity, as well as in pursuit of the goal of imposing global control by creating biological cases, just like in 2019, the USA... Oh. I see, that was it. So it looped back around. We do not exclude the possibility of the USA using so-called so It's going fast. It's tough to read. Sorry. We do not exclude the possibility of the USA using so-called defense technologies in an offensive capacity as well as in pursuit of the goal of imposing global control by creating biological crises, not cases, crises. So that's interesting, right? If you believe everything the United States government says, well, then that's just Russian propaganda. Let's dismiss it. Let's dismiss this Russian military official saying this publicly, uh, in addition to the Australian government saying the same thing. This is a, uh, let me make sure this is displaying on the screen correctly. I have another tweet here from the same guy, War Clandestine. That I am pulling up. All right. Uh, so this is a really interesting line of questioning because China uh, has also accused the U.S. Now, the CCP is separate from China. That's a whole separate conversation. But 
Here's the tweet from War Clandestine. This was posted December 15th, 2023. Let's say Russia and China are lying and the U.S. did not manufacture COVID-19. Then why would Fauci, Collins, and the United States government put so much effort into covering up the lab origins? Why are the U.S. and their allies the only ones not interested in who caused a global pandemic? Why did the government, why did government health agencies and big tech censor scientists and journalists who pointed out its lab origins, natural immunity, existing treatments like ivermectin, etc.? If someone else created this virus, why are the United States government so invested in covering up who is responsible? Over a million Americans died. Shouldn't they be tirelessly find, trying to find out who killed all these people? Who benefited from the pandemic? American pharmaceutical companies that began the vaccine development before the pandemic? Who funds the MSM and deep state politicians? Big Pharma. So that's what he's alleging here. If Russia and China are lying, why is it that the U.S. veto every request at the U.N. Security Council for a joint investigation into the origins of COVID-19? There are two options. Elements within the U.S. are responsible or a different entity is responsible and the U.S. government went out of their way to cover it up. The paper trail con confirms it's the former, but either way, heads must roll. Yeah, that's not an unreasonable thing to say. The heads must roll, right? If somebody was involved in the manufacturing of this virus to usher in some kind of agenda, that's pretty egregious, right? I think we can all agree that that is a crime of epic proportions. And it would follow that if somebody were committing a crime of epic proportions, that they would go out of their way to cover it up and, and not be caught because then they could face the consequences of it. So I'm not saying that is exactly what happened, but I am saying there's a lot of evidence to suggest that's maybe what happened. The U.S. government has been pretty suspicious in the way they handle this. You might recall a uh, this was a what would you call it? A congressional testimony. I have it here on YouTube. Let me pull it up on the screen. Victoria Newland being asked about biological weapons. This was really in the middle of the pandemic, where U.S. Senator for Florida Marco Rubio asked this question: Does Ukraine have chemical or biological weapons? Uh, Ukraine has. Uh biological research facilities, which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. What I think got some people fired up is when she said, we're worried that the Russians will get a hold of these facilities, because that implies that there's something in those facilities. I don't know why it's skipping like that, but he's saying, you know, if they're worried about Russians going into Ukraine when there's bio labs there, bio research facilities, well, it, it sounds like you're worried about them getting something dangerous, like a weapon. So what's going on there? Dangerous. So I don't know if you could shed some light on 
how, it can, how there can be things in the lab that are dangerous, but they not be weapons labs. Yeah, all I would all I would say, Senator, is that you know that the danger here, it seems to me, is the capacity the Russians have developed and that they've used in the past, and their, you know, interest in trying trying to create false narratives here as well. Okay, so let's look at the information we've gone over so far, because it seems like on one hand you have the United States and the U.S. actors involved in this, saying. You know, the Russians are spreading propaganda. We didn't do anything bad. We're just looking out for the people. And then on the flip side, you have the Russians as well as a few other people saying the United States had some involvement in the development of COVID. And, you know, we think that it's possible these defensive bio labs that are there are actually being used for offensive purposes. So you're saying these biolabs, they're not for creating weapons, they're for doing research on bioweapons, not to be used as weapons, but you know, to study them for defense because you might be using bioweapons. So that's that's the position of the US. We we have these biolabs, right? Because that's where the agreement is. So far, Victoria Newland of the US admitted that there's biolabs in Ukraine. The Russian military has just said in the clip that I showed you that there are bioweapons at play that are that the United States has involvement in. So that's something that is known and agreed on so far, that there are biolabs working on biological research in what may or may not be called bioweapons. So with that topic, with bioweapons, the United States is saying, well, no, 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 this is this is research, right? We, you might be using weapons, so we're not, even though they could be used as weapons, we're not using them that way. We're using them defensively so we don't get attacked by you. We need to know about all possible biological attacks, and we're going to develop them in the lab. We're going to experiment with gain-of-function research and the transmission of viruses from animals to humans, all in the interest of defending ourselves. Now, the military is saying, OK, so you, you do have these bio labs. You are using them for offensive purposes. We're on the same page there. But we're claiming that you had involvement in COVID, th that uh, defensive research. We're saying you used it offensively. You had the ability to do this. Clearly, you have all these bio labs. You, you just admitted to doing it. We're saying you used it for malicious purposes. So I'm not claiming to have the answer there, but it is an interesting back and forth. I know some people might be tempted to just immediately, without any consideration, dismiss what the Russian government is saying. But you have to consider that how the U.S. would be acting if they were guilty in such a crime. So to refer back to RFK Jr. again, he did have some comments on this. I think this is another two-minute clip. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said in this one, but let's play it. Victoria Newland kind of blithely announced during congressional testimony last year that, oh, by the way, we have these bio labs in Ukraine. OK, so that's Tucker Carlson. If you can't tell or if you're not watching, Tucker Carlson is asking RFK about the Victoria Newland clip that I just showed you a minute ago. Yeah. And that was like kind of ignored and the people who covered it got attacked for covering it. But the fact remains there are U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. Why would we have biolabs in Ukraine? Um, we have biolabs in Ukraine because we're developing bioweapons. And, you know, and those bioweapons are using all kinds of new synthetic uh, biology and 
CRISPR technology and genetic engineering techniques that were not available to previous generation, and they can make frightening, frightening stuff. Um, what happened was, in, uh, you know, when, when we walked away from, when the Patriot Act reopened the bioweapons arm rates in 2001, the Pentagon began putting a lot of money into bioweapons, but they were nervous at that time because if you violate Geneva, the Geneva Convention, it's a hanging offense. And they weren't sure that that provision in the Patriot Act would actually hold up as a loophole to treaties that had been ratified by Congress. So they were nervous about actually going full force into bioweapons development. So they transferred the authority for uh, biosecurity to one agency in the, in the HHS, I call the National Institute for Infectious and Allergic Diseases, run by Anthony Fauci. So Anthony Fauci got all the responsibility for bioweapons development. He got, at that time, a 68% raise from the Pentagon in order to do that work. Okay, so more confirmation that there are biolabs in Ukraine associated with the U.S., and it does make you wonder about global events currently with the amount of money that they're sending over to Ukraine and a lot of the propaganda in the very beginning there were all these propaganda stories the ghost of Kiev and Snake Island and all these stories that we know now were propaganda and that's only heightened with artificial intelligence where they can put out completely fake videos there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation here information put out to deliberately confuse you but one thing is for sure, the U.S. has involvement in biolabs and they don't want you talking about it. That is no secret. So, all right, we've established that there are biolabs in Ukraine, but what about in other parts of the world? And so you might know James O'Keefe, who was formerly from Project Veritas, who now has his own outlet. And he recently broke a story about biolabs in California, believe it or not. So let's play this short clip. This is on his Instagram page, James O'Keefe, from five weeks ago. I'm James O'Keefe, and the person that you were talking to um, actually works for me. You're actually on video. You've been recorded as part of an undercover investigation. There was... So it says here, in case you're not watching visually, this is Daniel Spiluveta, top congressional staffer of Representative Jim Costa. A facility in like downtown Reedley. We're actually right over the Chinese biolab in Reedley, California. This was operated legally in California. I mean, I knew for a few months before anybody else did. Did you? No, sir. Can, I, can we talk for a minute, please? No, I'm okay. A lot of people say that it's a conspiracy theory, but it doesn't seem like it sounds like a conspiracy theory based on what you're saying. The question is, are there other biolabs? Are there other biolabs? Can I just pay for the meal and leave? How many other people are like creating like these like labs within the United States? So people want to know, are there other biolabs in existence? What do you know about that? You could see his face completely shocked. Do you mind if I take this phone call outside? I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. Hi, Dan. Wow. So I, I couldn't tell if James O'Keefe said that these labs are operating legally or illegally, but they are uh, 
Chinese biolabs operating within the United States in California. And some people have the info on that, right? This is this is why conspiracy theories shouldn't be dismissed because remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there were some talks about biolabs in, in Ukraine and people were, and myself included, were saying like, there's something not right here. And people were all too quick to dismiss that completely. And now with some time that has gone by, not only did Victoria Nuland say this publicly uh, in, in congressional testimony, but now we have people who aren't even, you know, trying to admit it. They're getting caught being recorded undercover and they get really nervous. So it makes you wonder what else is going on. What else are they trying to hide from us? Why are they trying to hide it from us? And to answer that question, I don't know. I don't even know how to set this up. Let me just play this clip. We need to talk about bioweapons. So this is, again, RFK. I apologize because he is kind of hard to listen to. The clip is a little noisy, but he is talking about something very important with regard to biolabs and bioweapons. Well, I know a lot now about bioweapons because I've been doing a book on it for the past two and a half years. And, um, uh, and you know, the, the, what we, the technology that we now have to develop these microbes, we have, we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, 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 the races that are most immune, immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, of, um, the genetic structure of genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. All right. Well, so the point here that uh, hopefully you could hear that somewhat clearly is that with the evidence that's out there, it does seem like certain ethnic populations are more impacted by COVID than others. So, you know, maybe that's happenstance. Maybe that's just, you know, some people have different genetics that make them more or less susceptible to a virus like this. But if it is engineered, if there are biolabs, and, and first of all, with, with that theory, with, you know, maybe it's just happenstance, maybe it's just the genetics are the way they are and the virus is the way it is. And maybe it's just, you know, some people are affected worse than others. That's totally a reasonable theory. But when you do take into consideration all the censorship, the lies, the misinformation, the disinformation, uh, the revelations that there are biolabs, the suspicious ties between the CCP, the United States, Anthony Fauci, the biolabs, all these different weird connections make you wonder, well, if different ethnicities are affected differently and they've done research from a defensive and offensive position on, on bioweapons, I don't know. It makes you really makes you think, well, okay, you're doing this research. Why aren't you defending the people better? And, and why is this happening? Why is this not being talked about? Again, I, I'm not making any serious claims here. I'm just looking at what people are saying and I'm pointing out the dots and I'm leaving it up to you to connect it uh, if you want, however you decide to connect these dots. But it is curious. I, I, no one can deny that that this isn't curious. All right. Now let's, let's get into some of the heavy stuff. I, I have 
an article here. I'm going to go over this very quickly because this is a, a whole other rabbit hole that is very deep. This is an article from 21st Century Wire, and the date is March 23rd, 2022, that talks about the connection, the, the Pentagon-Ukraine biolabs, the Hunter Biden connection. So this is a long article that goes really in-depth, um, but it's no secret that Hunter Biden has had multiple trips to Ukraine. There was a lot of controversy there. Uh, and apparently he is associated with uh, Metabiota, one of the companies entrusted by the U.S. and the Ukrainian government to undertake the construction and management of biolabs. Uh, so there's a lot of info here. I'll include this in the show notes if you want to take a look for yourself. I'm trying not to get political. You know, Hunter Biden, of course, is uh, inherently a little political. Uh but this is another thing that is worth taking a look at. This There appears to be some, some good evidence here. So, hey, maybe that's a factor. But there are some pretty disturbing clips. One of them I discussed previously on actually the last episode with Anthony Fauci in particular. Uh, warning, in a sense, about the pandemic. Let me go to that clip now. I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. That is just bonkers. Every time I watch that, it blows my mind. Even the way he says it. You know, there, there's no doubt there will be a surprise outbreak. Well, then it's not a surprise, is it? And the way he says that it's based on, on like, historical, the way the historical, what, what's the word? Let me see. History, the yeah. presentation, you will understand why history. The hi like the way he said, why history? Like, it's not me, it's history. You'll understand why, even though I have all these involvements in the bio labs and the, the Wuhan laboratory, and I, I've gotten money to invest in this through the NIH, all these different things. It's not that. It's history is what makes this likely a surprise outbreak. I, I mean, if you're not suspicious from that, I don't know what in the world could possibly make you suspicious. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, just to add fuel to the fire in terms of suspicion, you might recall Event 201. So this is another clip. The event 201 was a pandemic simulation run with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Johns Hopkins, and I think NYU. And you can actually watch it on YouTube. It's there where they 
before the pandemic, months before the pandemic, they ran a simulation of what would happen if there was a pandemic. And when I was doing the research for this episode, the clip that I'm about to show you, I thought it was fake. Yeah, I mean, it was just so eerie. I thought it was fake. But I confirmed you can, again, go for yourself and look up Event 201 on YouTube. You can watch them conduct this whole simulation. This is a highlight reel, some clips from that simulation. Check it out. On behalf of our center and our partners, the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to our audience here in New York, as well as our larger virtual audience participating online today. The Event 201 scenario is fictional. Today's scenario is going to simulate meetings of a multi-stakeholder group called the Pandemic Emergency Board. We're at the start of what's looking like it will be a severe pandemic. So you can see on if you're watching, it says this is a scripted simulation. So this event that they're at, this is a scripted event. Uh, that took place October 2019, five months prior to the pandemic. And they're talking like, I mean, even watching this stuff now, it sounds like this could be on TV the way they're talking about the pandemic. Uh, and I will tell you uh, ahead a little bit in the clip, they show simulations of the news. So it's not just people talking around the table, talking about what might happen. They even simulated news stories and and predict how the people might react to certain things. So let me continue that. And there are problems emerging that can only be solved by global business and governments working together. There has been uh, some conspiracy theories that are around about uh, the potential that pharmaceutical companies or the UN have released this for their own benefit. And maybe this is a time for us to showcase some cases where we are able to, to bring forward some bad actors and leave it before the courts to decide whether they have actually spread some fake news. A new coronavirus. Infected people got a respiratory illness with symptoms ranging from mild flu-like signs to severe pneumonia. In related news, a significant demand for personal protective equipment like N95 masks and gloves are on the rise. Patients are overwhelming healthcare facilities. People are avoiding public spaces out of fear of infection and in compliance with public health recommendations. Our U.S. affiliate has just released polling results on public expectations for a vaccine. And 65% of those polled are eager to take the vaccine, even if it's experimental. Um so this is just bananas. Like imagine five months prior to the pandemic, you're watching this. Most people probably wouldn't give it much thought. You know, this is just, you know, they're these guys are practicing a pandemic. It's good to be prepared. But this is exactly what happened. Like they're even the, the news story. This is exactly what happened. Forget the last clip with Fauci saying, oh, there will be a surprise pandemic that his, it's with history, not with me. It's history. And now they're running a simulation of exactly what happened. And they even say, oh, some people say it's a conspiracy theory that we would usher this in. Like they're getting ahead of the game. I'm not optimistic about having the vaccine in time to be relevant during this pandemic. With enough money and political will, anything is possible. Penalty have been put in place for spreading harmful falsehoods, including arrests. If the solution means control. Whoa. I didn't even pick that up last time. So in the simulation, this is like the, how they kind of want things to go or their vision of how things will go. Spreading, she said something like spreading misinformation will lead to arrest. Let me, let me go back. Let's see. First of all, 
this looks like Barack Obama in a wig on the right, if you're watching, which is kind of funny. But let me go back to that. Lady. Penalties have been put in place for spreading harmful falsehoods. What? <laughs> so this is another thing that basically came true. So falsehoods, as deemed by the United States government, were penalized by being censored. And in many cases, you have your account shut down. I know this all too well. Shadow banning. So this is all, it seems to be coordinated and planned. Including arrests. If the solution means controlling and reducing access to information, I think it's the right choice. What exactly are the risks and benefits <laughs> of staying home from work? Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep doing this, but I have to go back to that. Benefits of staying uh, home from work. work. Absolutely. Reducing access to information. I think it's the right choice. What? If the solution means controlling and reducing access to information, I think it's the right choice. Solution means controlling and reducing access to information. I think it's the right choice. So this is the way the people running a, sim a simulation for a pandemic are thinking. If reducing access to information is going to help our agenda, then it's the right choice. Censorship, this is planned. Wow. What exactly are the risks and benefits of staying home from work? Absolutely, we need to save lives, but we literally cannot afford a heavy-handed response that suffocates our economy. The world saw large-scale protests and in some places riots. This led to violent crackdowns in some countries and even martial law. The public lost trust in their respective administration. Economists say the economic turmoil caused by such a pandemic will last for years. The societal impacts, the loss of faith in government, the distrust of news, and the breakdown of social cohesion could last even longer. Wow. We have to ask, did this need to be so bad? <laughs> that is some of the most disturbing shit I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Well, so there is enough evidence to suggest that it's possible this was ushered in, that it didn't just naturally happen because somebody ate bat soup. And you could actually go back even further to the Rockefeller Foundation report. I'm going to actually pull up a clip here, uh, really an, an image, not a clip. Uh, let me pull this up. This is from someone tweeted this out, but I, I verified. You can actually see the whole document. So uh, the person tweeted here, the idea of using a pandemic to impose tighter top-down control modeled after the Chinese social credit system was thoroughly described in a 2010 Rockefeller Foundation report. Okay, so this shows here, this is a, a section from that report and in this section here where it says lockstep a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback in 2012 the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit unlike 2009's h1n1 this new influenza strain originating from wild geese was extremely very uh, virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just seven months, the majority of them healthy young adults. So then it goes on to praise the approach that the Chinese government took, where at the end of this 
image here. The Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of ma mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near hermetic sealing off of all borders, saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of the virus far earlier than in other countries and enabling a swifter post-pandemic recovery. So one of the conclusions you can reach from this, at the very least, is that there are powerful, resourceful people who have been thinking about pandemics long before we have, because most people thinking about the pandemic, it's like, oh, COVID hit. I've never experienced anything in my life like this. And people were scared. These people have been thinking about it a lot longer, and they've been putting measures into place in order to deal with it is one way to put it, to put it neutrally. I, I did mentioned earlier that there are even more controversial clips where where people are warning about this well before so i so far i've showed fauci, fauci anthony fauci oops anthony fauci saying there's going to be a surprise pandemic you have event 201 with the bill and melinda gates foundation the world economic forum and a few other people simulating exactly what actually ended up happening you have the Rockefeller Foundation report basically praising authoritarian approaches to pandemics and how they've gone in the past and then this here is a video from David Icke, who is known, I'll be honest, as a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he's, this is a video of something he said in 1997, and nobody paid attention to it. And if they did, they called him a crazy conspiracy theorist. We're going to create new viruses in laboratories that were resistant to drugs, that they were going to use that to cull the population, that they were going to use vaccinations to cull the population, and also that they were going to uh, change the way that healthcare treated old people so that more and more old people died um, and didn't go long into, into life because from their extraordinarily sick perspective, old people are useless to them. And what we're looking at now very clearly is this attempt to play that card of mass global immunization with a, a uh, excuse of this manufactured virus to uh, get access to the, the bodies, the body computer systems, as I would say, of, of, of almost everyone on the planet. And they're not doing that because they want to protect people from anything. Crikey, the force that's saying be vaccinated is the force that created the virus, which they're saying be vaccinated against. They're doing this to get access to the global population for very, very malevolent reasons. And um, what people need to realize is that these uh, families do not come from the same perspective of life and respect that we do. They, they see humans like cattle, nothing more than cattle, and most humans see cattle. They uh, therefore have no empathy with the consequences for the human population of their actions. So if people say, they'd never do that, mate, no, no, you'd never do that. They do it all the time. So... That's uh, definitely interesting, and I don't know how somebody could possibly predict something like that, but there you go. That's what he said, and he's not the only one. Let me pull up uh, one more clip here. This is pretty much the last clip before we end this episode. Ooh, just about. So there's, there's a few more things to cover, uh, but this one is what really gave me the chills, and I lost sleep over it, but it is with another controversial figure. 
who is often dismissed as a conspiracy theorist who goes by the name of Alex Jones. And there's a TV show from Jesse Ventura, who is a governor of was a governor of somewhere. But he had this show called Conspiracy Theories or something like that on True TV. And this is in 2009. He was interviewing people about this theory that David Icke just talked about of uh, basically manufacturing a virus in order to usher in some kind of global vaccination agenda. When I saw this in 2009, it just really creeped me out. And I, I have I, I guess I'll say it now. With everything we've talked about so far, I totally get how if someone like myself prior to the pandemic was saying things like, guys, get ready. There's going to be a pandemic. I see it so clearly. They're going to try to vaccinate everybody. It sounds crazy. I said that to people before the pandemic hit for probably two years before the pandemic hit, thanks to researching all these sorts of things that were already out. And I, people laughed at me, people dismissed me, people marginalized me, unfriended me, blocked me, you name it. They didn't like that. And then the pandemic actually happened. And I didn't hear from any of those people. I didn't hear, oh, hey, you, you, were, or, you were right. Even a little bit. Oh, you were a little bit right. No, I didn't hear any of that. So it blows my mind. But this is the one that was most compelling to me that really started to uh, get me to take this seriously. I'm going to hop around on this clip because I think it's about seven minutes. Now, one of those sources has summoned the governor. Alex Jones says he knows how they plan to depopulate. Alex, you sounded urgent. There's an entire agenda afoot to force the population to undergo different type of medical treatments, namely vaccines. We're seeing a medical tyranny being set up, not just in the United States, but worldwide under the UN and the World Health Organization. Who's behind all this? The Bilderberg Group. They want a planetary dictatorship so they can carry out their forced depopulation agenda, and they want to do it through the medical system. And that's why vaccines are so important. We know that many of these vaccines turn out to have serious adverse reactions, that this is being done by design. They kill you slowly over time. That's why they're called soft kill. And I've got an insider I think you should really talk to, Dr. Rima Labo. But she doesn't live inside the United States because she's so concerned about all the police state developments that are taking place. But if you can get her to come up here and talk to you, she's a medical doctor, she's treated heads of states, and she really understands what's happening on the inside. Where's the doctor now? She's in Panama. Panama, so I gotta find her. You can either go down to Panama and talk to her or... Okay. So at this point, I've presented so much evidence that suggests that, you know, this this is a deliberate thing. But I, I also understand how crazy this sounds. Right. And and imagine me as a kid in, in uh, 2009, still pretty much a kid watching this, taking it seriously, because why wouldn't I? I mean, he's he's warning. That seems very reasonable to me. Right. People have tried to take over the world before. And I know people don't think about that. A lot of people cannot grasp what that means. And they dismiss it, they ignore it, they marginalize it. Or they rationalize, like, oh, no, the, they're good people. If it, I would not be surprised if somebody heard all of this information I shared today and said, like, oh, well, if all of this is true, well, then it's a good thing. They they instigated a virus so that we can vaccinate people and, and vaccination is a good thing. So whatever it takes to get more people vaccinated, which is bonkers. Nobody's 
I haven't heard anybody articulate those words, but this is the sort of rationalization that happens in order to dismiss these sorts of realities. People were clearly warning about this. I was warning about this after seeing all this evidence, because this isn't new to me. A lot of this stuff I knew already. And, and if you were to ask the people who know me personally, I never shut up about this years before the pandemic. So let's go to the rest of this clip where he does talk with this doctor. Being in the United really? States. Do you want to come in and sit down? No, sir. I'd rather not. You'd rather just be here so you can make a fast exit if you have As to. soon as you and I finish, You're out I'm here. leaving the country again. Why? Because in a very short time, not today, not tomorrow, but very soon, we'll be facing compulsory vaccination under the mistaken term of voluntary vaccination. What is it about these vaccinations? You think that they're bad? Well, so that actually happened, right? They tried to mandate vaccines and, and present it as if it were a voluntary thing. And, and even after the fact, even as all these controversies emerge, uh, you know, people were threatened with their jobs saying, oh, you can't work here. You can't go to school. You can't participate in society if you don't get a vaccine. And now they're backtracking and they're saying, oh, well, it was voluntary, right? It was up to you to get it, right? If you don't want to work anymore, if you don't want to participate in society, that's you're volunteering to not participate in society. So what a very twisted logic there where it is mandated. They are pressuring you to get it while also trying to say, oh, I'm innocent here. We're not forcing you to do anything. Well, first of all, let's start with the fact that the World Health Organization has decided that we have 90% too many people. The World Health Organization has been working since 1974 on vaccines to create permanent sterility. Doctor, the response is going to be, you're crazy. How can you say this stuff? They will induce a pandemic going to get the flu everybody around us is going to get the flu then the united states government based on their statements that they've already made will say oh my we have a pandemic what that means is a holocaust a genocidal holocaust She goes on, um, but I want to show something else first because she mentioned something about sterility. And, you know, that's a eugenic kind of idea. I understand how a lot of people might not believe that sort of thing, but I recently posted a video on my LinkedIn that I'm pulling up now. I'm going to fast forward to me introducing it. This here is a book called The Science of Eugenics. This is a very old book about the size of the Bible. You can get an idea of what it's like here. So if you're listening, I'm showing this book. It's all it's a really old book. Uh, this page here, the, the Science of Eugenics and Sex, Life, Love, Marriage, Maternity, the Regeneration of the Human Race. The Regeneration. So copyright 1914 to 1927 to 1930. So this is an older book. But I fast forward to a section here after the foreword. It says the aim of eugenics. Then you go into this section here on sterilization. This is a whole section in the book where it talks about John D. Rockefeller's work. So I think that's where I'm at here in this clip. A section here on sterilization that talks about John D. Rockefeller's work. And there is a lot to this, really. But 
in here, it talks about basically <laughs> the lives of the imbeciles, the idiots, the criminals, the social out outcasts. What it costs humanity to maintain its defectives. So, the guy who said, oh, I don't want to... So you remember the Rockefellers? We just talked about them earlier in the Rockefeller Foundation report from 2010 saying, oh, pandemics are great because we get to usher in this authoritative lockstep structure of government where the basically we can tell people what to do from top down. Well, the Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller is also in eugenics books. He's praised for his work in sterilization to get rid of the imbeciles and the defectives. It's not totally crazy to think that these same people talking about all these crazy things uh, also are interested in sterilization, especially when you look at the data on sterilization. More and more people uh, are having trouble conceiving. Infertility is on the rise. And uh, it does sound like what this doctor was warning about here in this video was right. So this is heavy. I know this is heavy stuff. I, I hope that some of you listening have made it this far and have considered some of what I said today. Uh, because it does seem like they are getting ready for something. I don't know. It is an election year, which is when COVID hit the first time. And even further... There is some interesting uh, other developments. I, I mentioned earlier war clandestine or bio clandestine, and I shared some of his tweets. Here's one of the very recent uh, substacks that he's put out titled, Did Epstein Create the COVID-19 Pandemic? This is from January 6th of 2024 this year. Now, this is very speculative. This is very new. So... Things are still developing here, but I'm going to read this, most of this, just so you can get a sense of what seems to be developing. So there's a picture here of uh, someone named Nathan Wolf, and that's Ghislaine Maxwell, who many of us know now, who's arrested. Say hello to Nathan Wolf, American virologist and founder of Metabiota. So Metabiota, that's the, the company that Hunter Biden was involved in that we briefly mentioned earlier. Right here, the Biden-funded biolab company via Rosemont Seneca studying bat coronaviruses in Ukraine circa 2014 via Project Predict with CIA proxy USAID. He's the epicenter, Nathan Wolf is the epicenter of the deep state bio network. So I save this for the end because this is like the really heavy stuff. It, you know, a lot of people I, I think are iffy about this sort of thing, but it is, uh, there are some interesting connections. So not only is Nathan Wolf the founder of Biden's Metabiota, he is a World Economic Forum member, Department of Defense employee. He sat on the board of Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance involved in Wuhan. And that's, you know, the, the lawyer, Thomas Rents was talking about EcoHealth Alliance and pointing the finger at them for developing COVID. Uh, okay, so... Nathan Wolf is all these things, WEF, Department of Defense, Eco Alliance, funded by DARPA, associated with the Gates Foundation. He funded Jelaine Maxwell's uh, Terramar project with the Clintons. It goes on and on. So 
War Clandestine goes on here in his article. Before I get started, I'd like to clarify that other people have dug into the subject already for years. I'm not breaking any news here. However, some new developments have fallen into place, specifically as it pertains to Russia and the Epstein blackmail operation. And I personally have connected some dots that I was unaware of until now, and the world needs to see it. So Nathan Wolf is a virologist that calls himself the virus hunter. He wrote a book in 2012, The Viral Storm, a dawn, the dawn of a new pandemic age. He warned that humans are becoming more susceptible to pandemics and that we will see many pandemics in the future. He claims the only way to stop these future pandemics is to hunt down new animal pathogens before they can jump to humans, genetically enhance these animal pathogens to gain the function of infecting humans, aka bioweapon production, so we can study these human-engineered pathogens and make vaccines for them preemptively just in case these animal pathogens mutate this way naturally. So we have the medical deterrent on hand. This dude, Nathan Wolf, literally wrote the book on how they created SARS-CoV-2 and the vaccines. He wrote a book preemptively justifying his future bioweapon production. But that's not all. He thanked 16 people for their assistance with all the information in this book. And one of the people he thanked was none other than Jeffrey Epstein himself. What does Epstein know about virology? So the entire Nathan Wolf timeline, and I'm still reading the article here, is laid out to perfection here by Rhonda Wilson via the expose. It is an absolute must read. The BioBiden timeline, Terramar with Jelaine, his help with making the movie Contagion. Read it. It'll blow your mind. Okay, so he links to an article here with more connections. Nathan Wolf is at the epicenter of the global zoonosis network and the production of SARS-CoV-2. There's a lot here. This is super heavy stuff. So I, I've already said enough today. I don't want to overwhelm you, especially since this is kind of a, a newly developed connection, uh, developing connection. But Jeffrey Epstein does seem relevant to this conversation, not only for some of the things I mentioned just in that article alone, but he was a eugenist. So I, I have here, uh, it's blocked. This is behind a paywall, but you can see the headline here. Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed human race with his DNA. And uh, for some reason, I was able to access it yesterday, but I think they limit how many times. I'll still link it anyway. It's a New York Times article from July 31st, 2019, titled Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed human race with his DNA. And he's connected to this Nathan Wolf guy who has all kinds of connections with people who have talked about pandemics. And it's just a mess. There's so much here. It's, this is starting to give me a headache. So if it's giving me a headache, I can only imagine how you're doing at this point. So with that in mind, I think I'll probably stop there. And let me just say, I appreciate Twitter being a space now where censorship is not really an issue. A lot of this stuff is from citizen journalists where I've been able to find these sorts of connections and these stories with that in mind please follow me on twitter or x as it's called now and my handle is at red pill health with underscore so that's red underscore pill underscore health uh, or you can just go to mikevira.com where you'll find all my social medias there uh, of course i am a board certified health coach Here's the thing with health. Most people know what they should do for their health. They know they should be moving more. They know they should be eating less junk food. They know they should be eating more healthy foods, all these different things, but it's a matter of implementing it and making it stick. And that is an issue of critical thinking. So 
my health coaching process at Red Pill Health and Wellness is a type of collaborative critical thinking. I'm not here to tell you what to do or judge you for what you're doing or not doing, any of that. It is where you and I collaboratively, collaboratively critical think in where are you trying to get to? What's the best approach? What's worked for you in the past? How do we double down on that? There's a lot of questions to ask when it comes to implementing a health routine, and that's what we do best. And you can work with me directly as your board-certified health coach at Red Pill Health and Wellness. So other than following me on X, on Twitter, uh, please reach out. Uh, you can go to MikeVira.com. The official red, uh, the official website is redpillhealthandwellness.com. And I will say the next episode we're doing is continuing on this COVID trajectory. And we're going to talk about masks because a lot of people are starting to wear masks again. So please let me know what you thought of this episode. And uh, other than that, stay healthy, stay awake.